Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Bare Necessities podcast. I'm your host, Austin, and with me today is my co-host, Reese. Reese, how are you doing this week? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, it's uh, been an interesting couple of weeks for various reasons. You had a run-in with the law. <laughs> yeah, but you know, fortunately, it wasn't uh, because of me. I was a, I was a victim, <laughs> if you can believe it. But um, you know, outside of that, it's been it's been good. Um, and yeah, I mean, the football offseason has been pressing along. Um, we're quickly, you know, working our way through offseason programs. Rick, rookies have been reported for a long time, um, you know, past the mini camp phase and all of that. Um, so, yeah, it's it's really crazy how fast we've come by and we we missed the all the hype of the schedule drop by a little bit but um, i know we're certainly looking to go through that today so it's been uh exciting to say the least we here on the bare necessities podcast we're not always the quickest but we are most definitely the best um and if reese wasn't a victim this past week uh, i'm sure that we would have probably gotten it out uh, in front of all of our competitors uh so yeah, thank you guys for sticking with us. Um, we'll set up a GoFundMe for Reese in the description. <laughs> Just playing. Um, all right, Reese, what did what were your first reactions to the schedule? I'm, we're not going to jump right into it, but uh, how do you? I'm where are you at right now with this schedule? I to me, it looks pretty easy. Yeah, we're lying to ourselves if we said that this was a bad schedule um, by yeah. any means. Really, I mean, there's you know four or five game stretches where it's a little tough, and then. Mid-season, you have a real good opportunity to go ahead and stack some wins, even if you're not that great of a football team. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the Bears are going to have their opportunities to go out there and, you know, even put together a winning streak. I mean, you know, if that is just three games, I think, you know, there is a potential for that to happen. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it's going to be, I think the start isn't necessarily, I mean, especially the first game, I don't think that the 49ers are, is an incredibly terrible matchup. Um, yeah. But, you know... It, they could certainly have a losing record by the end of the first five games, um, and I don't think that surprised too many people. Um, but yeah, it's kind of where do they go from there? How do they take advantage of the midseason schedule, the late buy? Um, if we were really contending for something, you know, I'd probably be more frustrated with the late buy. Um, but realistically, mm-hmm. um, I think we're both pretty grounded at what this team can achieve. Uh, but at the same time, I think that you know a more grounded, uh, a um, a more I don't know competent <laughs> coaching staff um, should help the Bears get through the tough times uh, a lot easier. For sure, and you know we we all have been concerned about the wide receivers on this team. Clearly, they're not the best. Um, and I think that's that's very clear. And I, I think, you know, NFL Network, all the mainstream media has made that very apparent to us Bears fans, almost to a point where I think they they kind of underrate some of the players we do have on the roster. Uh, listen, I don't think anyone on this roster is like someone to write home about, but we do have some players and, and especially in a new scheme uh, that hopefully utilize them a little bit better. We would, you know, presumably see an increase in performance there. Um, but Ryan Poles was not okay with that. He did add two wide receivers this week. Let's go ahead and get into it. Dante Pettis and Tajay Sharp. Um, 
You know, I'll start off with my first reactions. Tajay Sharp, I don't know if you remember this, Reese, but he was like an up-and-coming name for a little bit when he was with the Titans after he got drafted. I think he had like 500 yards in his rookie season. Yeah. Uh, totally blew away expectations. Uh, did did pretty decent. Um, there wasn't a whole bunch of talent on those teams, so you would like to see him maybe step up and, and make some more plays. But just a big body guy. Um, okay, route runner. Um, you know, not the fastest guy, but someone that the Falcons used pretty consistently last year when they needed him uh, in a lot of RPO action, which is where I think he's going to slot in. Uh, think of Allen Robinson circa 2019, where probably 90% of his yards came off those little RPO passes. That's kind of where Tajay Sharp was for that Falcons team. Um, he battled through a couple injuries. I think he was with the Vikings, and I don't even know if he saw the field that year. Um, but, you know, I think he's only like 28 years old. So, you know, you, you hope that you could tap in a little bit more to what he has. But I think he might be a good red zone weapon and RPO weapon. But that's kind of where I see his ceiling in. Yeah, I mean, of course, there's, you know, some tape of him out there going kind of through the middle of the field and, and making it happen on kind of like those moderate crossing patterns. And I think that he has his uses, I think, certainly in the red zone, um, you know, short distance situations on like a third and short, second and short. Like you said, out of the RPO, I think is certainly will he'll excel. Um, yeah, he was definitely mainly brought in for his ability to, you know, box out in a way. He is a bigger body guy. Um, the route running, like you said, isn't quite perfect. Um, but I, I think that he finds the holes in the zones enough. He at least has um, enough awareness of where he is on the field and, and, you know, where he should be in the quarterback's eyes. Um Right. We're not expecting him to develop into anything crazy. Uh, and I know that, you know, someone like Equinemius St. Brown is on the team for, you know, also special teams reasons as well. But I think on the offensive side of the ball, um, we're certainly going to see Tajay Sharp probably excel in places where maybe, um, you know, before we signed him, people thought that St. Brown might be the, the main target in those kind of situations. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I think it was a good sign just to add depth. I think that um, certainly out of like a fourth wide receiver spot, something like that, he could certainly um, drum up some noise. It's it's interesting, and we'll get to the other signing here in a second. It's just interesting the cast of characters that they brought in. Well, not necessarily characters, but the, the type of wide receivers that they brought in. And, you know, I don't think there's anyone that's blowing anyone away. Um, there's some trends. I mean, there's certainly Ryan Poles is targeting – a lot of big body receivers and you know, the bears are certainly lacking there, but I don't think that's something we would have necessarily expected from someone that comes out of KC where that kind of, you know, that style of receiver isn't necessarily the, the most important thing in the offense. Yeah. Where Ryan pulls comes from. I, even when you go back to someone like a John Dorsey, when he was the GM there, um, never really super heavily emphasized wide receiver but also still had elite passing offenses many of the years. Um, even guys like Jeremy Macklin, when he was in Kansas City, he didn't do too bad. Um, just they, they, they done a good job of rotating these guys, and obviously Tyreek Hill was the, is the one standout name that everyone will remember. But outside of that, they've really done a lot with not a whole bunch and kind of finding guys in more creative ways. I mean, I can't even remember the last time Kansas City took a wide receiver in the first round. You? I, I can't remember. Long time. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, no one jumps off on the top of my head. Could be missing something glaringly obvious, but yeah, nothing I remember. Yeah. So that's kind of where he comes from. So he's bringing these guys in, giving them an opportunity. Obviously brought in some UDFA wide receivers, cut some of them as well. Um, but, you know, bringing in guys that 
have shown promise in certain areas and you hope that you can get more out of them. The one thing that I really liked about Tajay Sharp before we move on to Dante Pettis, um, I noticed in a lot of close games, the Falcons kind of relied on him and he was pretty reliable. I mean, he did drop some catches, but for the most part, he would come down with some big first down catches, um, even though he didn't have a ton of yards last year. I mean, both these guys, I think they're sub 300 Dante Dante Pettis for sure was like not even in the 100 yard conversation from my understanding but um because he's been injured yeah yeah about 300 so you know coming off the bench it's a good guy you don't want him to be a starter on your team but having a guy that makes that sort of production listen he's going to be an upgrade over the depth we currently had on this roster at wide receiver so that's good even from last year um guys like uh man who who am i what's his name that was on the patriots before he came here um damir bird damir bird um even like like kind of having him in that sort of role where he's just going to be on the field sometimes um i think that's a good upgrade there dante pettis is interesting to me though because i mean let's be honest let's say it how it is he was drafted in the second round was pretty much a bust for san francisco um he did have a good first season you know almost 500 yards um which i mean that's not perfect but out, out of 12 games five touchdowns that's pretty decent for a rookie wide receiver uh, and then he follows up that second year really declining, injured again, uh, goes into 2020 and is on San Francisco and the New York Giants gets cut from San Francisco um, and was also just injured. And then last year, injured again. The one reason why I'm kind of interested in Dante Pettis is he did really good in college. Uh, He's a good return, really good returner in college as well. Um, And more so, Tyke Tolbert, who was with the Giants last year, uh, has familiarity with him. So from my understanding, this is probably a signing like, Tyke Tolbert saw him, thinks he could do pretty good. Tyke Tolbert, one of the most respected uh, wide receiver coaches in the NFL. I'm going to trust him. So bringing in Dante Pettis, I mean, taking a flyer on a young guy. I mean, I think he's only like 24, 25 years old. Uh, it's it's worth it. Yeah, I think with Dante Pettis, it's interesting. Um, like you said, obviously very beat up over the past few years and really his whole career in the NFL in general. Um, certainly has versatility, quickness. I think that he's someone that they can use inside too. I, I think that they're still screaming for like that true slot receiver um, that can really mm. make it happen. And I know that someone like Tajay Sharp can can help out there um, as far as in those mm-hmm. short distance or those kind of crucial third down um, must convert situations. I think Dante Pettis is kind of a little bit of an alternate there. They really are packing up just the versatility they can have on special teams, return men. Um, and really, I mean, this is just building up the importance of training camp. I mean, um, yeah, especially for the players that are going to be, you know, worthy of, you know, special teams or our players are going to be slotted into the special teams. And, and I think that really, you know, anyone on down from, you know, Really, honestly, from Byron Pringle. I mean, I don't know what wide receivers are necessarily yeah. safe at you know training camp because um, mm-hmm. certainly some of these guys are going to have to be cut. I mean, we're carrying a decent amount of them, and it kind of also ha- brought in David Moore. Yeah, and from, I, yeah, yeah, which is also another interesting grab. And I think that they're really all kind of, at least in my mind, at relatively the same level, um, which really just makes heading into training camp seeing who clicks. Um, and, you know, who's able to deliver in preseason. Also, I mean, 
overall just in practices and drills um, over the course of that whole training camp period, I think it's going to say a lot about who ends up retaining the roster spots. And I don't think, you know, Equinemius St. Brown, just because he was signed first or, um, you know, Tajay Sharp, because maybe we assume that he's going to have, you know, one of the potentially bigger impacts of these depth guys. I don't know if any of them are necessarily, um, you know, at a higher pegging than anyone else currently. I'm really interested to see if Daz Newsome sticks on the roster because I, I think that fine that last roster spot at wide receiver is either going to go to Newsome or uh, Dante Pettis. I think that Tajay Sharp and David Moore, I, they're both respected enough in the NFL that I think that they they're they're good they're good depth guys. Like there's there's nothing different about it that they're good depth guys and I think that's the where the Bears want to have them. In the Bears perfect scenario, they want to have Valus Jones Jr. as that, you know, second outside wide receiver. I'm assuming they're going to play Byron Pringle in the slot cuz to me Byron Pringle can be a high quality slot option. The question is Valus Jones Jr. is he going to be good enough to be that second outside corner opposite corner Jesus wide receiver opposite of Darnell Mooney. With Daz Newsome, he could potentially be a slot guy. I don't think he's anything other than a slot guy. So maybe if he's having a good camp or something, you could stick him in the slot, Byron Pringle out to the out wide. Um I even get hesitant using this term, you know, outside wide receiver, slot wide receiver, because in the modern NFL yeah. offense, you they need to play everywhere. Right. So it's kind of it's kind of almost an outdated way of referring to these players. Um that being said, I I, I can see a, a scenario where Newsom is not able to make the roster or a guy like Dante Pettis. Um, but I would say right now, Tajay Sharp and 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 for sure, uh, David Moore are, are going to be good to go. Yeah, I think it'll just be interesting to see how it shakes out. And even just uh, we'll get into a future video on it, but just depth chart wise, you know, mm-hmm. who does get that, you know, technical wide receiver four position because. Like you said, we assume that, you know, in no particular order, it's going to be Mooney, Valus Jones, and Pringle are going to take the one, two, and three spots. Um, and, and what that means, you know, respective of their areas on the field, right? I mean, it could mean Byron Pringle playing, you know, majority out of the slot, but um, we, we're yet to yet to have seen, you know, Luke Getze call a play. And, you know, like you, uh, you know, wisely pointed out about today's NFL um you know, a lot of these receivers should be lining up all over the field all the time. And, and, you know, sure, some receivers have their preferences and, you know, these high line receivers like, you know, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, so on and so on. All the other people I didn't name um, mm-hmm. are usually going to be lined up, you know, outside. But, you know, we saw Cooper Cup, you know, someone that plays out of the slot a good percentage of the time, you know, have a massive season. So yeah, mm-hmm. and the times have turned AJ Brown, another person that can play out of the slot. Yeah. That's a bigger, body that, that's guy. the, that's, that's such a good example there. AJ Brown, who was projected to be mostly a slot receiver. I mean, he did it all for, 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 for the Titans. I mean, mostly out of the slot, but again, it's like, it's, you just can't have it where you only have a guy that's only in the slot. I think that's why even a guy like Cole Beasley is having trouble kind of sticking uh, on a roster. Well, hasn't been signed, I should say. Because right. he is like the, this idea of like even guys like Hunter Renfro where they like they will eat. Hunter Renfro is like 90% of the time, 99% of the time in the slot, but he will even split out wide at times. It's just it, it you can't have that level of predictability in a modern NFL offense and expect to have an elite level offense. Um, I guess that brings the question, are these Bears wide receivers good enough? Um, 
you know, I put out that video on Darnell Mooney. If you guys haven't seen it, please check out the YouTube channel. It took forever to make. Um, and I think it's a really good YouTube video. I wish it, it got a lot better views than it did. But honestly, uh, I think we're both just proud of where it's at. And that, I think that a lot of our current fans are going to love that video. So go ahead and check that out if you get a chance. Um, listen, like I, I, I think that the national media is a, a little bit underrating it. Like I'm going to say this. This is not a good wide receiver room. Like this is not a good wide receiver room. There's no way around it, but it's definitely not the worst in the NFL. And I think there is a lot of upside to a lot of these guys, including Darnell Mooney, um, who really is going to have a chance. I mean, he's going into his third year. He's only like 23 years old, um, and he's going to have a chance in a in a more logical offense to make a lot more plays than he did last year. Um, and I I hate to I hate to say this. A lot of people, I'm going to get a lot of flack for this. And I, I really wish I didn't have to say this. This wide receiver room is better than the wide receiver room we had last year. Yeah. I mean, when you put in the perspective of production, you got out someone like Allen Robinson, who mm-hmm. I, I think that to be clear, talent talent wise would, you know, at least still be one of the top two receivers on this team, you know, regardless of where mm-hmm. you want to put uh, Darnell Mooney. Uh, I think that, production and fit wise and and if this you know current administration this current regime wanted to keep Allen robinson they they could have made a new pitch to him i mean it wasn't the same cast of guys it was a new group of guys that if they really wanted to chase after him they could have and they felt okay letting him walk and i think overall it was just they have i feel that the strength of the bears receiving core now is that they have a bit more variability uh, mm-hmm. I think that they have um, players Flexible. that are more versatile overall, and I think that the diversity of skill sets is a bit better. Um, you know, we talked about, you know, bigger body guys like Tajay Sharp. You know, someone like Valus Jones is someone we don't even fully know what he can, you know, all achieve. I mean, he's not fully polished at this point, but, you know, he could turn out to be something great and have skill sets that we don't even know that he could quite tap into yet. Um, mm-hmm. but we know that he at least has, you know, great athleticism, you know, ability to play the ball. Um, Darnell Mooney, you know, his production past couple of years, especially in offensive that has sputtered, um, and his improvement that he's made over his time with the bears, I think speaks for itself and with terrible quarterback play. Yeah. He had, he had Mitchell Trubisky and Nick Foles his first year. And then he had Andy Dalton and Justin Fields was the only good quarterback he played with. And when he was on the field with Justin Fields, that was his best games. Yeah. I mean, of course, I know the the Detroit game, of course, is what sticks out. Um, yeah. But um, and Kansas or uh, Pittsburgh catching that that touchdown that that put us up. Yeah. A um, lot of lot of big plays there, and the main reason why I say this is I I, I should clarify. Byron Pringle was more productive than Allen Robinson last year, and he had less opportunity than Allen Robinson. Yeah, no, Byron Pringle was number one in separation per route out of any wide receiver last year. I don't think Byron Pringle is going to be this a thousand yard guy, but Byron Pringle is better than 2021 Allen Robinson. Period, in my opinion. Plus, you add on Valus Jones Jr. Third round draft pick shows a lot of talent, a lot of versatility, and I think our depth guys are better. Yeah. And, and nothing's ever as simple as just like stats, but I think that in general, if like, you know, if Mooney can stay at that a thousand yard production, that'd be fantastic. And then at that point, if you can get like 800 out of Byron Pringle um, and out of Valus Jones Jr., a rookie, you can get like another 650 out of him. You're going to be sitting very pretty. And then with the rest of mm-hmm. the the cast of, of wide receivers in the room, 
Um, they'll be having that variability where some of these players could have the opportunity to go for another, you know, 300 yards or so. Um, and if they can stack enough receivers up to do that, and if they can ultimately spread the ball around, I mean, we saw it sometimes last year. I don't think it was ever a priority in the offense to get the ball different um, receivers. And also another thing, you know, when, before we kind of transition to this new question, you know, thing that popped in my mind is the use of the tight end room too. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we talked about, you know, where Ryan Poles came from. Of course, that offense features, you know, one of the best tight ends in the league and, and Travis Kelsey. Um, don't think Komet is even close to that level. And I don't even think that this, you know, regime is expecting Komet to get to this level. But I think use of tight ends is something. Are you that, saying that Cole Komet isn't as good as Travis Kelsey? Yeah. What are you saying right now, Reese? No way in hell. What are you saying? But, um,. <laughs> I do think that, you know, use of tight ends and the way that they want to use them in the offense, too, is something that needs to be considered when evaluating the wide receiver room. Um, and even mm-hmm. down to running backs, too, as well, um, just because there's so much, you know, in today's NFL offense, um, everyone that's, you know, essentially a skill position player, you know, outside of that offensive line is someone that's going to be featured in the passing game, or at least you hope can be featured mm-hmm. in the passing game. Uh, so ultimately, you want to kind of have each unit be able to not only, um, you know, stand strong themselves, but also be able to work well with each other on the field. Um, and so that the, you know, the sum is technically greater than all the parts. Um, and there's definitely some offenses in the NFL that utilize that better than others. Um, and I think that the Bears are at least steady enough at tight end. Um, I think that Cole Komet in his time with the Bears is at least going to be someone that they can somewhat depend on to be productive at tight end position i think if they get someone that's more of that move tight end um then you know they they could really extract more out of cole Komet. um but i think it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out especially just like how they want the offense to feel it's so tough for me to to sit here and really kind of evaluate how the wide receiver room can do and i don't even know how you know, the play structure, how like drive structure is going to look out because that's one thing about like the Patriots teams over the years is like, man, they would kill you with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. They'd kill you with, you know, a million small cuts, but it was the use of the receivers that they had and also having running backs like James White that could feature out of the backfield um, and and featuring short passes that way that opened up opportunities. Where's he at now? I have no clue. James White. Yeah. I, I haven't but, heard that name in a while, but he was good and young too. There's so much to taking into consideration. That's essentially the the point that I'm trying to get at. Yeah, and I guess that also that also brings up the question: Is Cole Komet good? Um, and this is where I I on am honestly very morally conflicted when it comes to Cole Komet because you look at it statistically, and he had a great second year statistically speaking as a tight end. Yeah. That being like, like tight ends don't tend to break out until they're in their third year. So like seeing that 600 yards, that's like, that's great. Pro- that, that's a great progress, especially over the 200 yards he has work here. This is a progression of a uh, quote unquote good tight end statistically. I looked at what Nagy was having him doing and I actually l- looked at a ton of his film today. A lot of just curl routes, a lot of just waiting for the ball. And I do wonder if that contributed to a lot of the drops he had. That being said, he needs to be able to be a tight end sometimes. He's not a wide receiver. And that's what's really concerning to me with Cole Komet. He's good when he has space. 
he's able to he's able to grab the ball out of the air when he's he's a decent run, route runner. He's a decent blocker, but he sucks in the red zone, and he doesn't do that great of a job on contested catches. So it's like he's so conflicting as a player because you see it and you're like, okay, like I think he could be good, but how does a tight end put up zero touchdowns? Is that a naggy thing or is that a commit thing? I think it's a commit thing to an extent. Yeah, I think that the the utilization of him maybe wasn't a hundred percent perfect, and you know Cole Komet was never brought in to be the next Travis Kelsey or um, yeah, even quite like a, a George Kittle. I think that you know the ceiling it would be fantastic. If we ever developed into a player it would be someone like Kyle Rudolph would be like best case scenario for someone like Cole Komet. Um, and I think he can be that player. Yeah. I think he can be that player. It's just like, is he going to be that player? And it's just, I think with Cole Komet, it's on his own as like the number one tight end. He's good enough, right? Like he's good enough to do that. Mm-hmm. You pair him with another tight end that like is mm-hmm. opposite of his skill sets. Then you really open him up. If like, if Cole Komet is your like, quote unquote, maybe second receiving tight end, mm-hmm. um, but is also very capable of, you know, blocking like he always has been. And you decide to come out and, you know, your quote unquote big set, you know, your two tight ends, single back, two wide receivers, then that's a really nice formation that you have there. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. we never can expect, I don't think Cole Komet's ever going to be like a, a feature of the offense or someone that's going to be able to, you know, make the super clutch play to get 25 yards to set up a game tying field goal. Um, I don't think that's quite Cole Komet. Could he do it on the off game? Yeah, maybe. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how it develops with D- Justin Fields. Because um, in reality, it should be right. Cole Komet should be someone that racks up touchdowns and all that. And, you know, I think they try to do a little bit. I mean, some of it was just situational with Jimmy Graham, but they try to do a little bit of the opposites with the tight ends there. And it just didn't really <laughs> didn't work out. But um you know. Yeah, and I think one of the most underrated storylines this offseason for this Bears team is the depth that tight end has gotten significantly better. Ryan Griffin is is a player that's not you shouldn't laugh at. You know, he is actually a good depth tight end, and, and same with James O'Shaughnessy. I mean, Griffin's massive, and he can actually receive. I think I I would not be surprised if Ryan Griffin has more touch touchdowns than Cole Komet. Uh, even though I'm sure Cole Komet will lead him in the yards category, Ryan Griffin, he's, he's no one to slouch yet in the red zone. Um, that being said, there, there's still some some work to do in this room. It's just we we don't have that high-level guy, and I think that's a theme on this Bears offense, is that there's a lot of guys that are good but not great. You know, that's kind of how I think a lot of people see Darnell Mooney is like he's probably a, he, he's probably a good number one wide receiver, but he's not... That's not where he's best utilized. He's probably best being a two, you know. He's probably best with a with a guy like a big guy on the other side of him that can kind of one thing I said in the video is is, is a threat on every play. Darnell Mooney is not a threat on every play. Darnell Mooney is not big enough or physical enough to be a threat on every play. Guys like an AJ Brown are a threat on every play because they have that box out capability, even if they're not winning their routes. Yeah. Darnell Mooney has to win his route in order to be a threat on the play. So that's a little bit of the concern. Think of like, a, I mean, for Bears fans, Brandon Marshall, how much to his fault almost uh, Cutler would just force feed the ball to him. And, and Brandon Marshall would come up with it more often than not. Um, 
So I guess let, let's just sum up the segment. Are the Bears wide receivers, let's say receivers in total, good enough to get the job done for the season, which to me, the, getting the job done is just having a good offense. Yeah, I, and I think that, you know, I, I think even Justin Fields came out and said today that he felt like the group was – he said that they don't necessarily have any huge names like, you know, Odell. Odell Beckham, which was a little bit of a weird comment, <laughs> comment to me. But, you know, that's interesting. Um, but, you know, he certainly has faith or at least is, you know, publicly saying that he has faith in the group. And I think I do have faith in the group as a whole. Um, I, I would like, you know, someone else that was um, like a true number two wide receiver. Um, just or so true number one. Well, <laughs> that works too. Um, it, yeah, I mean, but with that being said, I think that it is good enough for what they want to accomplish this year. I mean, it's not a Super Bowl caliber receiving core. It's you know a, a fringe, you know, a, on a great team. You know, it could probably be a receiving core that could take a team a certain distance. You know, it's all about what's around them. Um, I think for the Bears offense as a whole, I'm just happy that we're going to see a variety of formations. I think with not only the receivers that we brought in, um, you know, we have a fullback. Like you talked about the different kind yeah. of tight ends that we have. Like this, Even the running backs, we're like gonna, Ebner being able to split out wide, Tony Pollard like in his play. We're going to see empty sets. We're going to see eye formation, single back, you know, two wide receiver set or two um, tight end sets like we're going to see a little bit of it all this year and I'm I'm happy that we're going to see that open up the playbook and I think that gives opportunity to different wide receivers as well um, you know will they have the you know will players stay healthy enough for them to use all that variability and all that flexibility in the offense only time will tell I, I think that the wide receiver group is is good enough and I understand why polls didn't necessarily layer onto it like it should be um, but I think relative to what they want to accomplish this year, it'll be, it'll be okay. Not going to be spectacular, perfect. but it'll be okay. Yeah, that's perfectly said. I, I think like in order, if just, we have enough that Justin Fields, I think can display some of his talent. Yeah. And that's really like where we're at because we're going to have a high draft pick next year. Like a lot, like worst case scenario, we could potentially draft a quarterback, right? Um, if if Justin Field if Justin Field sucks this year, we will definitely be in position to draft a quarterback, which is a, a good backup plan. I don't think that's the case. I believe in Justin Fields. Don't get me wrong, but worst case scenario, we're in that situation. Um, I think we'll we'll be good enough, and this is going to get into our schedule position to win some games. You know, like I think this is a wide receiver core good enough to win some games. If you want to compare this core to the Lions last year. Some people are making that comparison. I'm like, dude, Darnell Mooney is way better than Amon Ross St. Brown. I'm like, that was a rookie. Like, we do have a lot more talent than that that Lions team. That being said, we probably are in the conversation for a bottom 10 wide receiver room. We are in that conversation. Yeah, so it's very just, much our bottom 10 receiver group, yeah. It, it, it's just, it. yes, if everything goes right, this could be a decent wide receiver room. If everything goes wrong, this could be a bad wide receiver room, and we're taking that risk. Um, but let's go ahead and move on. Uh, I, I really appreciate. I think how you summed it up there, Reese, is 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 very good. Um, let's talk about offensive line. Now, this was the main man. It was so it's so weird with this offensive line because I feel like Ryan Pace 
he kind of just ignored it and he 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 didn't give it throughout his entire time here. He drafted very few offensive linemen. The entire time he was here, he drafted very few offensive linemen. I think in his first draft, he actually did draft Hieronis Grasso, who was just absolute trash. You know, I, I was so happy when we finally got rid of him. But I mean, that was really his big offensive line. James Daniels, who was decent. It, it just yeah. really wasn't a strong suit. And I think now that we have Ryan Poles, former offensive lineman, and our assistant GM, Ian Cunningham, who... I'm not sure how long we'll have him because he seems to be a rising star in the NFL, so he might get a GM job next year. Um, they're both former offensive linemen, and we actually saw this past draft having considerable assets you know, put towards the offensive line, and I really appreciated the way Ryan Poles went about this. Ryan Poles, and I'm going to go on a quick rant here. Bears fans are so weird because they get upset with Ryan Poles actually building a team correctly actually taking his time, saying he can't fix everything one season. They prefer the Ryan Pace way of building a team, which is every season go all in on your need. And it's not that's not sustainable. You know, that's not how you build a great team at this point at least. Yeah. Ryan I think Ryan Pace if he had more time like last year, he probably would have tore things down, but he clearly the writing was on the wall that he was going to get fired if he didn't perform. That's why he went all in the need. So Bears fans, at the same time, a lot of the Bears fans I see on Twitter, at least, they are so mad at Ryan Poles for not going all in on a guy, but at the same time, are hated Ryan Pace. I'm like, dude, pick your side. Same thing with the national media. Oh, we're not surrounding Justin Fields with enough weapons. We're not doing this, this, or that. Dude, the point is not to have a good team this year. This roster has very few elite level players on it right now. Yeah. Very few. Very few. And I think that the you know, the, the kind of ironic part about it is that, you know, a lot of it is impatience. It's been thirty six years <laughs> since the team has won the Super Bowl. I think I mean, hell, it's a lot mm. longer than that. I don't even know where I'm pulling thirty six years. No. From. No, it's like forty years almost. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think thirty seven. Forty three, four or thirty thirty seven. Yeah, thirty seven years. Um you know, here in 2022. And the problem was, is not all those years, but, you know, some of those years, they certainly had the aspect of, you know, trying to end that certain drought or, you know, going all in just to make a, a silly playoff push or, or something like that. Um, so clearly, right, the way of just, you know, addressing the need, trying to patch it up quickly and, and throw the money at it um and kind of give that false impression that things are solved and in reality it just opened up more problems clearly hasn't been the way of doing it and i think that fans just kind of hate <laughs> kicking the bucket down you know another two years down the road um mm -hmm. and wasting years but the reality of it is is just it's so down bad and terrible that you just yeah, you have no other choice and um, you know, 2022, as much as we'd all love it. <laughs> Down bad bears. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, it, as much as we'd love 2022 to be the year, like, it's just, it's not in the cards. It wasn't going to be the situation that Ryan Pace and the past regime left us in. It just, it wasn't feasible to try to solve everything like that one off season. So instead, right, you do start to build depth, figure out which guys can perform above their expectations. And I, I, we've beat a dead horse about all the cap space that they have next year. Um, and, you know, mm. 
it, it sounds tiring because I hate to be like all the other analysts are just like, well, just be patient. Just be patient. It's not about 2022. It's about 2023. Um, but unfortunately... Yeah, try t- try telling that to a fan base that hasn't won uh, a championship in 37 years. Exactly. Or, or And hasn't had, quite frankly, much winning in the 21st century. Obviously, we had that Super Bowl run. But I mean, what that was what? Like, we haven't been good in like 10... I mean... With the exception of 2018, this team has not been competitive in a very long time. Yeah. Right. Since, since for a, a, a while, you know, since back to the lovey days. Um, now, listen, like we, I hate to say it because it is like this thing. It's like constantly like preaching patience to, to people that are just sick and tired of this team, to the leadership, upset with the McCaskies. But I actually think that. This team, it, it, Ryan Poles is doing this correctly. His his even if these draft picks don't work out, even if these free agency signings don't work out, I can at least say that Ryan Poles is building this team in the way that is very he like he has a good perception of the team. You know, he's very self aware of the state of this team, and a lot of fans aren't going to like that. But I can tell you. What's going to be a lot worse is being in the situation of a team like the Jaguars. I think a lot of NFL analysts would have loved if the Chicago Bears did what the Jaguars did this past season, which was spend a bunch of money on players like Evan Ingram. Yeah. Evan Ingram? Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk? You're spending $18 million on Christian Kirk? Christian Kirk, I, I hate to say it, Christian Kirk is ass. He's not that great. Well, not, okay. Not 18, million. Yeah. 18 million. I thought he was going to go for, I, we were talking about $12 million, $12 million even, for Christian Kirk. Like at, and we were like mi- eh. at 10 million. I'm like, cool. But at 12, I'm, I'm meh. exactly. And now you look at Trent Balky, which is the reason why they couldn't get a guy like, dude, uh, Byron Leftwich didn't even want to coach the team because Trent, he's, he returned back to Tampa Bay. He returned back to Tampa Bay because he said Trent Balky, and that was a good move by him. Trent Balky, he doesn't really know how to run his team. Next year, the Jaguars are projected to be under the cap by seventeen million dollars. Name a single good, per, good player on their roster besides Trevor Lawrence. Oh, James Robinson, right? Is he still on their team? Uh, yeah, I mean. He's good, but he's like David Montgomery good. Well, I mean, <laughs> exactly. I mean, no, I mean, they don't have anyone incredible on their team. It, it, no, that's, I mean, exactly. I mean, that's the point that needs to be made is that you don't necessarily want to go about it that way because we all know the Jaguars still aren't going to be that good. So what? If they win seven games, then great. They'll probably end up winning, you know, equal or maybe a game less than the Bears. <laughs> Um, They'll put so, up a banner for seven wins. <laughs> yeah, so whoop de doo um, But yeah, ultimately, I mean, that's just the sad reality of it. And, you know, it's even like when the Cubs started their rebuild, you know, I was like, mm-hmm. you're down bad for a while too. Like the team was terrible to watch because there wasn't really anyone worth playing. Kind of similar to or watching. It's kind of similar to how they are right now. Well, I mean, a lot of people yeah. will give me hate for that, but I'm not watching too much baseball anymore. Um, but yeah, yeah sorry. I, I don't like watching games that never mind. I'm not going to say that. I'm going to upset a lot of our fans, <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah. I, you know, all's all said and done. It, it's being done the sustainable way. 
Um, I know that the term like the Steeler way is kind of thrown out a lot, which is I find kind of funny because I sit there and laugh at the Steelers a lot. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, they, they don't yeah. ever accomplish anything. But, you know, if we're talking about, you know, 20 years down the line, this team's won two Super Bowls, then, you know, people would be ecstatic. Yeah, exactly. And that that is like the situ that is the perspective we need to have, even though it's difficult. As Bears fans, I know 2018, we were all hyped up. Executive of the year, coach of the year, great team, Khalil Mack, Roquan Smith, all these great names. But things happen fast in the NFL. Your strength really lasts only a couple of years. Um, even if you look at like Kansas City, I mean, their offense wasn't nearly what it was a couple of years past. So things move quickly in the NFL and we just need to understand that. The only way to truly compete for championships every single year is to be good consistently. And and that's why, you know, a lot of teams like kind of like the Baltimore Ravens, they take this approach where they don't focus so much on the need per year. They just focus on getting good players in the draft, the best player they can draft. And that's how I think Ryan Poles is going to approach it. But let's go ahead. Let, let's ring this back in. This was about offensive line. Sorry about that tangent, guys. Um <laughs> Who do you think is going to start for this offensive line? Like, do you think uh, Braxton Jones ends up becoming our left tackle? Do you think Larry Borum sticks at left tackle? To me, I think the best case scenario is that we see Braxton Jones become that left tackle, or at least a half decent left tackle, at least as good as Jason Peters at 41 years old or whatever last year. And then you can have Larry Borum potentially at guard, uh, right guard. So, or, you know, hopefully, yeah, I, I think, but I do think that Zach Thomas might actually end up winning that, you know, right guard position. I think Braxton Jones, it's asking him a lot to go out there and become the starting left tackle. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, they don't have an incredible amount of options. I think that like the realistic part of my mind, the logic is like, Hey, they might just stick Larry Borm there. I don't even think what Tevin Jenkins maybe isn't complete out of the question. I feel like this, the coaching staff is going to want to keep Tevin Jones at right tackle. Um, and I know that there, there's a few rumors and who knows about the legitimacy of him that, you know, Larry Borum is starting, the coach is starting to warm up to him a little bit. And I know he's got a bit quicker of feet than someone like Tevin Jenkins. So maybe he's a, a bit better a candidate for the left tackle spot there. Um, Man, who's the guy from the Vikings that we brought over that might be starting? Dakota Dozier. He Dozier. sucks, though. Yeah, Dozier is terrible. That's kind of like, a, I'm like, if he ends up starting somewhere along the line, that's the part that I'm freaking out about. A little I don't bit. even think he'll be on the roster, honestly. You don't think so? I, no, I think, I think really at right guard, it's either going to be Borum or Zachary, Zachary Thomas. Um, Jatiri Carter. I actually really like Jatiri Carter uh, coming to the draft. I thought he'd go higher than the seventh round where we got him. He's just like an athletic freak. I mean, he's going to lose some things, but it they might just be like, hey, this guy's this guy's good enough to plug him in there. I don't see... I'm not... Doug Kramer, I think he's going to be a backup center his entire career, if I'm being honest. I'm not super high on him. I, I know some people float around maybe him going to center and then Lucas Patrick kicking out to guard. I just don't see that happening. I think Lucas I, Patrick I still, is going to be the center. I, I feel fairly confident about it. Yeah, and we also did sign uh, the guy from that that was a starter for the Browns for a little bit. Um, Sean Coleman is that? Yeah, Sean Coleman. Yeah, so the Bears signed Sean Coleman, who with the Browns, you know, he starts sixteen games one season, but that was back a, a little bit ago. Maybe he slides in at left tackle and Borum switches over. It's just 
it's kind of hard to tell right now. Um, we also did sign the goat Nathan Peterman. We didn't even mention that at the top of the show. Yeah, there's, uh, there's no you know, need to mention that. But uh, I, I have a conspiracy about it. I have a conspiracy. You want to hear it? What that he's was basically brought in to throw more passes. Because I mean, like, yeah. No, seriously. I think that Nathan, the reason why they brought Nathan Peterman in, he's not going to be, I don't think he'll be on the roster come cut down day, but I think you have to understand that Nathan Peterman is probably going to be running the scout team. And it's not a terrible idea to get a guy that, that takes some risks so you can judge your ability for your defense to take the ball away. Yeah. I know. I don't think it's a terrible idea. I mean, they need someone. like That's my conspiracy. They'll never say that, but. Scout team 13, I mean, they're deep on the defense. They're going to need to get a lot of these people reps, too. So, um, you know, I don't think the Bears' defense necessarily starts with the first or ends with the first and the second team. There's going to be some players left over that need to get some reps. Um, same goes for the offense. There's a lot of players to figure out. So just maximizing, getting as much tape on, as many reps with these players is, is important. And, you know, when it comes to the guard position, too, I mean, Eric Flowers is still out there. Um, so... That is a yeah. addition. Trey Turner. Yeah. There are additions that could still be made. And, you know, they might be waiting for their starting guard from a camp cut from a different team as well. Um, I think that that could very much be mm-hmm. in the cards. I, I just, it, as well as like, you know, I'm not a Larry Borum hater. So I'd say that as well as Larry Borum worked out last year, I don't always put all my cards into, you know, sixth and seventh round linemen. Um, yeah. So, and, and, and honestly just don't know you know a comprehensive enough information about them like confidently say like hey they could be a starting caliber player like braxton jones is you know it's has a lot of potential so i mm-hmm. i do like what i've seen from him um but it's interesting i mean they have figuring out what to do i mean where do they want to put borum do they see borum as just kind of like a, a swing guy along this offensive line as being a depth piece that can kind of cover all the holes throughout the year um, mm-hmm. you know, logic would tell you right now that, you know, Larry Borum, there's probably not a lot of ways that he doesn't end up being a starter at the start of the season, but it, it I, I don't know. I mean, there are people that could step up ahead of him that, you know, we haven't seen enough from in camp and yeah, it's tough to predict how it's going to all shake out. I think that with Lucas Patrick, you know, Cody Whitehair, um, Tevin Jenkins and you know Larry Borm somewhere along that line. I think we're looking at you know something that's already a bit better than it was last year. And then um, mm-hmm. if some of these people who perceive to be as depth pieces kind of develop to be a bit more, I think that we're looking at an offensive line that um, should at least be able to hold their own. You know, at the very least, hopefully be average. Um, it's not too, too- much to ask. Two things I want to say about the offensive line really quickly before we go ahead and move on to the schedule, which is really the bulk of the show. Um, listen, as far as like the offensive line goes, I think we're going to see a step up just based on the scheme. Um, a lot of people don't understand this, but when you get your offensive lineman moving and the throwing pocket moving, um, you create a lot of time just based off of like pass rushers not being able to get that direct rush. I mean, you're not dropping back every single play and having just essentially like a pure pass rush on you. Uh, you get movement, you get, you know, rolling out. That Those things help extend your time. Think back to twenty the 2020 season where you saw at the very end of the, very end of the season, we saw a Shanahan-inspired scheme for Mitchell Trubisky, which was 
what we probably should have done the entire time, honestly. And that was moving the pocket, getting the, getting the quarterback more time and getting, you know, a little bit easier completions. And once you establish that, establish a run game, that helps the offensive line a lot. So I think we'll see a step up just based on that. Moving on from that, a lot of people want us to, and I think this goes for a lot of places on the Bears roster, go out and sign a big name, a veteran name, and, and bring them in and and see what they can do. I'm kind of hesitant with that because this Bears team is not winning the Super Bowl next year. Sorry if I'm breaking any of your hearts, but this Bears team is not winning a Super Bowl next year. They might not even be able to win a Super Bowl the year after. Um, that being said, when, when you bring in guys, like for instance, let's think back to the end of last season. Matt Nagy, he made the decision to um, bring back Jason Peters at left tackle for like the very last few games when he got healthy, rather than seeing Larry Borum or Tevin Jenkins there. When you bring in these veterans, you risk not being able to accurately assess your young talent on your team. And that's really what this year is for this team. It's assessing what we have on the roster, what we're moving along with. We're going to have a top pick next year. We're going to have a high second round pick next year. We're going to have a ton of draft capital. Okay. And when you bring in a veteran, you don't get to really see what these players can do. So while, yes, I would love for the Bears to go out and sign, you know, Julio Jones so that Justin Fields can have someone to throw to that's, you know, a solid receiver. There are consequences to that and that's not exactly knowing what you have on the roster um but i don't know if you have any other comments reese about this offensive line or this team in general but um yeah no i mean i think that about sums it up i mean um it's it sucks to like sign a season off before it's even started but you know it serves as a good segue into our you know schedule release um, I, I do think that there are opportunities for wins, not all just depressing moments this coming year. Um, mm-hmm. But I think there's certainly going to be some times where we're going to struggle a little bit. Um, but, you know, what I think through the struggle, like you said, we'll get proper evaluation. Um, and I think that, you know, when all is said and done, you know, we'll probably be happy that, you know, we didn't go out and tie up any unnecessary cap with someone like Julio for Jones, sure. which... You know, if you do it for one year, okay, then fine. Obviously, you don't tie down any future cap. Um, But like you said, you know, what does that mean for a roster spot where we could have seen, you know, if that means what Daz Newsom can do and, you know, that Mm -hmm. forces him off the team, then, you know, who knows? So For sure. All right, yeah, so let's go ahead and get into this schedule review. I... uh, Already, after looking through this, I know that this can be another one of our episodes, uh, circa the episode we made in 2019, <laughs> where I think we predicted the Bears go what like a we had a really high, really uh, high. Don't I, bring up that year, man. That was uh, that was a bad too much year. expectation going to that year. We were wide riding the wave. We were loving it. You know, felt like it couldn't go down from 2018 and. It very yeah. much did. I watched some of the yeah. in person, saw some of the ugliest football games I've ever watched go into a couple of Bears games that year. So Well, 20, 2019 was a special type of hell for Bears fans because that was just like you know, <laughs> shit just hit the fan. Like it's just like everything you thought was going good just to me that was the year where I, I knew in twenty nineteen Nagy wasn't it. In twenty nineteen I knew Nagy wasn't it. I thought Mitch was honestly the victim of Nagy. So maybe that was my fault there because Mitch, I mean, I don't think he's going to be that good with Pittsburgh. I don't even think he'll win it or win the starting job. I mean, he'll probably start for a couple weeks, but like, I don't think he's going to hold off uh, whatever his name is. But 
yeah, Small Hands McGee or whatever his name is. Um, Mr. Kenny but, Pickett, man. Yeah, Kenny Pickett. Just like their old kicker there, Chris Blewett. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's go ahead and start off. Week one, San Francisco at home. Man, this is an interesting game because if I, if Trey, I don't know if Trey Lance is going to be starting. I mean, if you're the San Francisco, you kind of hope that your young quarterback that you traded like three first round picks to go up and get, uh, you you kind of hope that he's going to be starting the first week of his second year. Uh, you hope he's getting snaps in, in training camp and, and everything like that. This is a game to me where it's like, I think it could go either way, kind of similar to this past season for the yeah. 49ers. I think that you certainly have a chance with Trey Lance's quarterback if that's him starting exactly. his first real Because he'll throw game. some picks. Yeah, I mean, he's going to make some mistakes for sure, and I, I don't think that he's above that. I mean, I could certainly see him throwing, especially to this secondary, I could see him throwing two picks. I mean, yeah, um, and we can, Three, hope, maybe. we can hope for even more. Um, man, this is one of the toughest games to call on the whole schedule, honestly. I think I've gone back and forth mm-hmm. on this one quite a few times. I figure, you know what? For the hell of it, let's start off on a positive note. I think with Trey Lance playing, I think that they can get the win. I think this could be a very ugly kind of defensive style of game. Um, but I think that, you know, the Bears are already... I hate the reports I've seen. Oh, the Bears are going to be a run-heavy team this year. Like, Bears are no. Bears were a run-heavy team last year, too. Like, it doesn't even... Oh my! Don't even get me started on this idea that Nagy didn't run the ball. The Bears were the top ten every single year with David Montgomery. He just did it in a stupid way. And exactly, I mean, they didn't run the ball efficiently. They they ran at very inopportune times um, and didn't utilize things like play action for how much that they ran the ball. Um, so I, I mostly because they didn't have the production for play action as as it yeah. was. Um, I, you know, I'll give them the win. I, I think that they can. Um, Keep it a bit cleaner. I think they'll, they'll find some success. You know, San Francisco does have a good defense. Um, they'll have to keep the pocket clean. You know, Nick Bosa. Um, they do have a good secondary player like Jimmy Ward. Uh, you know, etc. But I do think that you know the Bears can at least outlast uh, the Forty ers and and pick up a win. See, I'm on the boat that Trey Lance sucks, and I I honestly don't think he's going to be starting this game. I I just think I think that's I have just a, a massive fail for the 49ers though because if they're not yeah. able to deal Garoppolo by then that's going to be a failure for them. They probably could have dealt him. They probably could have already dealt him, but I think that I think there's like a serious chance that you know week one that it that that it's Garoppolo because I when I watched Trey Lance I saw the highs but. I think he's going to have a similar career to someone like a, a Carson Wentz at this point in his career. Not like Carson Wentz when he was like an MVP candidate back then. Oh, well, I mean, I was going to say, like, that might even be generous. Like, he might not even yeah. hit the highs that Carson Wentz had hit. Yeah, and I know it's kind of a lazy comparison because they're both NDSU quarterbacks, but you see under <laughs> NDSU, they kind of pump out similar players, you know? That's kind of how I view Christian Watson is almost going to be like this – like they show a lot, but they also show a lot of mistakes, you know? I, so that being said, I I did pick an L because I have this gut feeling that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be there. This is such a toss-up though. And the one thing that the Bears truly have on their side right now is San Francisco is going to have no idea like the type of offense or the type of defense they're going to be running, you know? they Like they're, it's going to be really difficult to tell. Um I just, I, I'm going to be a little conservative here and start them with an L. 
Fair enough. So, so week two, Green Bay at Lambeau Field. Uh, thank God we don't need to start the year with them. <laughs> you know, finally. I think it's like the th- like last year was like, oh, actually, no, we started with the Rams last year, but we at least we start with San Francisco, not in prime time this year. Um, but Green Bay away. I think Green Bay is so like I yes, their their offense is is still going to be good because they have Aaron Rodgers. But they did lose the best wide receiver in the NFL in Devontae Adams. And a lot of people are banking on David Bakhtiari com- finally coming back and being healthy. I just don't know if I believe that. I- I'm really concerned yeah. at their left tackle position because they just... I mean, David Bakhtiari was out for the entire season last year. Um He's getting older. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's hard to really say where he's going to be at there. Uh, and on top of that, you know, a lot of guys on their team are age, like getting a little bit older. You know, they don't even know if Alan Lazard is going to be on the team. Christian Watson, I think he's going to, it's just like, you don't know how NF, he's not NFL ready. He's going to do so well. So it's like, though. he's going to do well. That, Maybe not in this particular I, game, but he's going to do I well. I think. I think he'll have like a, a six. I think Christian Watson in his first year will have like seven, six, seven hundred yards, yeah. which would be pretty good. Um, that being said, uh, this is an L for us because the Packers are just on a different stage. I think that the Packers defense can be legitimately good. I don't think they'll win the Super Bowl because their their defense wasn't the issue in their last game that they had, and they got worse on offense. So. Um, I, but I, that being said, I do have to give Green Bay a lot of credit. They've built a, a really good defense, in my opinion, um, at least for the now. And uh, yeah, I, I think they're going to win this game. Green Bay yeah. is going to win this game. So yeah. L for the Bears. Start yeah. out 0-2. It's going to be a tough... This is a tough one, especially early in the season like this. This is going to be a tough one for the Bears to win. It's going to be tough for them to, to score points in this one, too. Um, and, you know, don't think it'll necessarily be one of those classic... Um, you know, like circa like a 2014 or 2015, just like Bears getting wiped by the the Packers, just as ugly as possible. Um, but yeah, they, they're not going to win this game, um, and I, I think we can leave at that. I think this is going to be a very low scoring game, like sub 20 points for both game, so? teams. I don't, I don't know yeah, about that because I, I, think- I don't. I think the Bears are going to struggle to put up points because the Packers have a decent defense. And I think the Packers, they have really very little on off. Very Here's the thing, though, that really, really I struggle with. The Colts team in 2020 that Matty Rufloos ran on defense absolutely exposed Aaron Rodgers and the Packers that year. So I think that this is going to be a difficult defense for Rodgers to play against. Especially considering like our strength on defense is our is our cornerbacks and and safeties and the Packers' weakness on offense is their their wide receivers. So I, yeah. I that's why I think it is going to be a low scoring game. I, I do need to see, you know, how good this Bears pass rush can be before I can feel confident they'll keep them, um, you know, below like twenty three points in this game. Um, mm-hmm. Just because I mean, of course, they still have. You know Robert Quinn on there, Rogers. Gibson, oh. um, and and we do have belief in them, but you know, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't see any huge disruptor, um, or you know Robert Quinn like having enough attention taken away from him where he can have the opportunity to be a huge disruptor in the game. Fair enough. Um, okay, uh, Houston. Uh, I were it's Houston at Chicago. 
man, I, I think it's hilarious when, when people compare the Bears to Houston. I'm like, get out of here. This is going to be a win, and it's going to be a commanding win. Uh, week three, so the Bears are hopefully going to, in my in my record prediction, uh, you know, shake off an 0-2 start and actually get their first win there. Yeah, I think the Bears will pick up a win. Um, so for me, go to 2-1. and one. I don't know if it'll be commanding, though. I think that you're even being a little too down on the Texans. Um, I think Mills, Davis Mills is good enough for them to to be like at least somewhat competitive in some games. Like I don't think he's complete total bust, like waste of space. I think that he's competent enough. Um, so I, I think that they could put up a competitive enough game plan. They don't. They just don't have the firepower. I'm um, not like the Bears have massive firepower, but they don't have any kind of real weapons that scare me uh, too bad here. So I think the Bears should be able to pick it up. Um, not necessarily a huge win, but I think, you know, at least fairly comfortable uh, in this one. So, yeah. So two- who would... Who was the the Texans? Um, do you remember the Texans team in 2020 when we played them? <laughs> How they Hardly. had De- Deshaun Watson. Okay. Uh, they had Deshaun Watson, and then they, you know, I, I I don't view that Texans team to be better than this Texans team. That Texans team's with Deshaun Watson, and I don't view that injured Bears defense at the time to be better than our current defense. Um, and we smashed them. So unless, in my opinion, unless Lovey Smith is like some, just all of a sudden wakes up and goes back to like 2006 version of Lovey Smith, I just, I, I can't see the Texans being that competitive this year. I, no, I mean, they're not going to be competitive. And I mean, they could very well even finish last in their division, which is saying something because mm-hmm. they have the Jaguars with them. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know if I feel comfortable enough saying that like the Bears can necessarily wipe like any team. Um, Fair enough, but Fair enough. I, I think that they're good enough to to comfortably beat the Texans. So we'll beat them sixty to three or something like that. All right, moving. Oh, on. That don't <laughs> I'm, just my words. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, moving on, Week Four, New York Giants at New York. Uh, again, I think this will be another commanding victory. So getting back to two and two in my record prediction, where are you at right now? So you're, at two you're and at one, yeah. two and one currently. What's your prediction on this it. Giants game? Man. Um, I'm but, under the impression that Daniel Jones sucks. Yeah. I, I find it hard. Like some bears giants games in the past, like a recent memory, they've just been ugly games. man. <laughs> they have been <laughs> like in 2018 games. when we lost to them. Yeah. yeah. Oh geez. But I, man, to Daniel Jones and with this like secondary, like man, it, you know, if, and if, if the bears pass rush is starting to come together at that point, that's going to be a we tough, killed them last it's year. It's going to be a tough game for their, for them to, to lose. So I, I think that they can beat the giants. I, I can't believe I have them starting three and one. Um, I guess that tells you about kind of the quality of like the Texans and the giants um, yeah. and me giving the, the edge to them in the 49ers game. But yeah, they can beat the giants. That's, that's very doable. Um, and I think that they will. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Moving on week five at the Vikings Hate to say it. I mean, I'm not high on the Vikings in the slightest, honestly. Like, I think this Vikings team, whenever they have Kirk Cousins, I mean, they 
Sure, they added a couple solid pieces to their defense, but like it is largely the same offense. And like their offense, even though they tend to put up numbers against other teams, they've just never been able to do it against this Bears team. Um, and I don't think that's going to change with Eberflus. I think this defense is going to really control the Vikings. <sighs> But I have to say, it's. I still think it's going to be a loss here. Um, this game's a throw. I think both of these Vikings games that we're going to have are going to be th- toss-ups. I think they're... They are the Vikings year. aren't... Yeah, and I think it's like a similar play to the past two seasons with the Vikings. Like, it's going to be a similar game. Like, even though there's been a lot changing on both teams, I just... I don't know. I don't think that, that this new system the Vikings are going to implement with Kevin O'Connell is going to be all that great to the point yeah. that they're going to be you know perfect or whatever the vikings will beat the bears here um they'll get a win um but i do think that kind of moving forward the bears defense is going to be able to neutralize a lot and could even make this vikings offense look bad in future years um just because their dependence on like elite talents at those certain positions um, especially at wide receiver. Um, if Delvin Cook is healthy in this game, great. Um, and he's someone that you know the Bears certainly have to account for, and is is a huge threat. But yeah, I, I'm not. You know, I'm not extremely scared of the of the Vikings. This is not a Kirk Cousins podcast. I mean, there's not a lot of love for him here. Um, between, <laughs> not a big Kirk Cousins guy <laughs> between Austin and I. But yeah, the Vikings will get the win here. All right, glad we're on the same page. Week six, now, this one is very interesting to me because the Commanders, are, are we pay, we're playing at Washington, right? Yeah. So there will so, yeah. be poop flowing onto fans' oh, heads. Never mind, never mind. They're at Chicago. Oh. Okay, that's good. That's good at least. Probably I, not. I had, them at, I had com- us at Commanders, but I just looked it up. Commanders are at Chicago. The Commanders have a legit defensive line. And if it wasn't for that, I would be giving the Bears this win all like 100% because I think Ibraflus is going to absolutely expose a former quarterback that he was with uh, with Carson Wentz. Uh, just not a big Carson Wentz fan at this point. I mean, I, I think I had some support for him last season when we were thinking about acquiring him. But like at this point, what he did with the Colts, who was a... who are a good team. It's just like, if you can't do it with that Colts team, which had a really great roster around him, you can't do it with any team, in my opinion. And and this commander's offense, I mean, I guess they they have Terry McLaurin. Their running back, uh, Antonio Gibson, isn't too, you know, he's pretty good. And they just added Jahan Doxson, who, you know, I liked. I didn't think he was worth where they picked him, but I still liked him in the draft. But, all this in mind, I think that Ibraflus's familiarity with Wentz and I, I just I really think their offense is gonna really struggle against our defense. So I'm gonna give the Bears the win. Yeah, I'm gonna go with it the other way. Um so I'll have them fall in the three and three. Mm. Um I do think that that defensive front's gonna be a lot for this Bears offense to handle and great defensive know, line. You can't say anything about it, bad about it. They'll be tested a little bit with Green Bay. But up until that point, this will probably be their first, like, real test, it, given that they stay healthy. I mean, like, if Chase Young is mm-hmm. out of the equation, then that makes things considerably easier. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, I mean, uh, Justin Fields is going to have to face up against his former teammate and Chase Young, who's, 
you know, when mm. he is healthy, is, is a scary Stud. defensive lineman, yeah. incredible off the edge. Um, and I, I think that it's just going to be a scrappy kind of game. Uh, and that's the kind of games that, you know, Washington just loves to win, especially with Ron Rivera. Um, mm-hmm. So it, I think it's going to be an ugly one here. And I think that the Bears probably going to have their chances to win it. Um, but I just don't think I don't see him pulling it out. Um, but it should be a winnable game. Like the commanders are, you know, like you said, offensively, like they have their weapons. I think that Terry McLaurin, I could see him having a big game just because he is mm-hmm. an intelligent player and knows how to find his way, you know, past zone coverage. Um, but at the same time, you know, with the quality personnel back there, they, they might hold up, you know, fairly well. Uh, Dotson does not scare me incredibly. Um, but I think that they'll have just enough to, to pip the bears here. To me, Terry McLaurin and this, might, I might be underrating him a little bit. I kind of view him in the same realm of ranking as like a Darnell Mooney. Uh, truthfully. I, I don't like, see it that way. No, nah. I, I don't view him as that. Like, I don't know. I hate to say, cause like statistically he's there, but I don't view him as that like strong, like, like you can build a franchise around him. Yeah, I think he's borderline right at that level, though, which is is, mm. is tough for him. Um, like, would you rather have Justin Jefferson or Terry McLaurin? I'd rather have Justin I'd rather have Jefferson. Justin Je- yeah, okay. Or at least we're on the same page there. I, I, yeah, we're on the same page there. Um, he's got to be top 10, though, in the league. I'm try- yeah, I'm trying to think. Like, especially when you consider, like, the quarterbacks that were passing to him. And my well, opinion, what do you think Darnell Mooney is? Where do you think Darnell Mooney is? I would say he's a top, you know, 15. Yeah. Fit 15 wide receiver. I think he's probably right close to that bottom there. Like probably 15. Like he's probably right there. Yeah. Um, well, I just, I, I think that Terry McLaurin is maybe I'm underrated. Yeah, he it, is. You're right. He is a little bit a better than fairly than bit Darnell more Mooney. explosive and also versatile. Has shown a lot more red zone. I mean, that man catches touchdowns. So, yeah, yeah, good point. You put me in my place. I also think it's it's funny that uh, the, we saw that Bears fan on Twitter say that they'd, he'd rather have Darnell Mooney than Justin Jefferson. And when I saw that, I I, I I literally nearly spit out my drink when I saw that. Like Darnell Mooney's a great player. Don't get me wrong. Justin Jefferson is a very good and very versatile wide receiver. And I wish the Bears had someone like him. Yeah. Um, it sucks that we don't. Um, okay, moving on. Uh, week seven, uh, New England. Man, this is this is a, a difficult one. We're at New England. Also, like this would have been a great game for the winter. I wish this was a little scheduled a little bit later in the season, like getting that snow game. You know, I think that would have been cool. Going up against Mac Jones. I'm not super high on Mac Jones, but like I just hate predicting a win against Bill Belichick, so I have to go with the loss there. I mean, this this New England team is not that great. Like like as far as like uh like uh like roster perspective, it's not that great. The wide receivers, I would argue that the Bears have better wide receivers than New England. Um, I just I going up against Belichick, I just I hate I can never predict a win at a team that's in the midst of rebuilding. Yeah, I think what ultimately is going to give you know the Bears some troubles. Just New England's work uh, use of the running backs, um, they just. Oh man, they're always Bill Belichick has always been very good at utilizing the players in his backfield, and 
you know, causing, mm-hmm. you know, nightmares for defenses, even when they have everything else locked down. Um, so I, I see that giving the Bears a little bit of an issue. Um, you know, Patriots defense fairly strong. I, I don't think that Patriots, I think they're going to struggle to make the playoffs. I think they might be able to eke in barely, but I will not be surprised if this is not a playoff Patriots team. Um, I think Mac Jones is going to be equally as good as he was last year. I think, I, I think, I think th- that exactly is Mac Jones. Yeah, I think that's equally what we can expect. Maybe, you know, a, a bit of maturation. I think he'll find his way in the offense a little bit better, but he is not going to, you know, start elevating himself to be a consistent, like, 300-yard passer um, or anything yeah. like that. So uh, I think he's someone that can control the game well. I think that he could have a Alex Smith-like career. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, uh, I think that the Patriots will take the win. Bears will fall to a losing record, and um, things might be starting to look a little bit more grim. Uh, now a few losses have started to, to pile on, but I think that, the Bears should at least be able to be somewhat competitive. There's no way that they can quite let themselves get get ran out in this game. I don't see the Patriots being able to, to hang a lot of points on them. It's gonna. This is another winnable game. Like as much as I'm not like a huge like like I don't think this roster is great. I still think this is a winnable game. It, it's just I, I I hate predicting that win against New England. Like I truly think that the Bears have more talent on their team than New England right now. And but that being said, it's just like Bill Belichick. He just knows how to put together an elite game plan every single game. And I mean, after seeing what New England did to the Bills a couple times last year, it, you just can't you can't ever Which, count Bill Belichick out. I think not that I ever expect uh, Fields to be like an Allen type player. I'm not saying he can't get to that level, but not saying that our direct comp, his direct comp should be Allen. But when you look at what he was able to do and kind of containing Allen, roping him in, I mean, not in the playoff game, they got totally murked. Um, but mm-hmm. you know, with the with the conditions in their favor a little bit, what he's done with other quarterbacks that can move the ball or move with their feet to, um, always able to find something with you know keeping a spy or kind of just letting the defensive line play as well as just kind of containing, keeping them in the pocket and and not giving them what they want and getting out of the pocket and being able to extend plays. I think that it could be a little bit troublesome for Justin Fields. Um, and over the course of the game, if they're not able to get things moving along on the on the ground uh, efficiently with either Herbert or Montgomery, um, they're going to find themselves mm-hmm. just a little bit stuck on the offensive side of the ball. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out though. Like you said, I mean, this should be within arm's reach for the bears. It's not, they're not totally outgunned here. Um, but yeah, the bill Belichick effect is real. All right. Moving on week eight at Dallas. Um, Dallas is such a weird team to me. And I think as long as they have Dak Prescott, this will define Dallas. Is there a team that has a ton of talent, but will lose to some teams they should not lose to all the time. Like they lost to us in 2019. Um, this team has great wide receivers. Um, even after losing Amari Cooper, I don't think anyone would argue that this team has bad wide receivers. They have plenty of them. They have, you know, eh. Ezekiel Elliott at this point is just, I don't know. I don't even know how to rank him. He's like, I was a huge Ezekiel Elliott fan in college. In my opinion, he's been a little bit of a disappointment in the Let's NFL. Let's just put it this and, way. With, with him and Pollard, it's still a good running. Yeah, back that run. that was my that was my point. Is like Pollard is I think awesome. I think Pollard is a great running back uh, and a very versatile weapon. And they have plenty of wide receivers and their offensive line is still good. And they added, you know, they added uh, who they had Tyler Smith or 
you know, yeah. they have a great offensive line. Um, listen, I, I think we're going to lose this game. But again, even though this team, I think on paper is way better than us, I could easily see the Bears winning this game because that's just how Dak Prescott kind of is. He, I, I'm sure they could also hang a 50, you know, 50 point game on us like they did the Commanders last year. But um, I, I don't know. I, I think this still is a winnable game, but I'm still counting it as a loss. Yeah, I think to to win this game, the Bears would definitely have to win the turnover battle because I think in, in that respect, you know, they could certainly get it done. And you know, you get a you get a strip sack on, on Dak Prescott, you know, force him to throw a pick or two. Um, you're gonna have them where you want them. I just I think that over the course of the game with the weapons Dallas has, it's just gonna prove to be a little bit too much. There's another game where I fear not having like an extremely like consistent pass rush. Um, mm-hmm. And that's just going to allow Dallas to do what they want to do offensively. So I do have the Bears falling the three and five here. Um, but like, yeah, I'm not ever like extremely scared of Dallas. They're not um, even at like that Tampa Bay or Rams level. I, I think that they're they sit in kind of an awkward place below that where they can, like you said, dump the game that they they definitely shouldn't lose. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I think that Dallas will come out on top here um, and drop the Bears. Uh, you know, a couple days, da- three and five below 500. Yep. Both of us have them at three and five at this point. Um, it's kind of where they were at this year, but I think that we could have our, you know, site our, it, you I know. mean, I think it could very well be a better three and five though. Yeah. Optically. yeah. I think that it's going to be, I think you'll be able to see the progress, even in the games that they don't end up winning uh, this year, which exactly. is going to be refreshing. All right, week nine, Miami Dolphins at Chicago. Um, Miami made a lot. This is an interesting game because Miami made a lot of improvements. I mean, they brought in Tyree Kill. Uh, they brought, I mean, they they maintained Mike Gusecki. Um, they obviously traded Devontae Parker. Um, and they, they, lost some, they lost some guys too. I still have the Bears winning this game. If we were in Miami, Miami, Hard Rock Stadium is like a notorious, like really difficult place to play. We lost there in 2018 to Brock Osweiler because it was like 100 yikes. degrees out. And they, they, yeah, right? Yikes. But and they put the team's opposing bench in the middle of the sun. So I normally at a home game at Miami, I don't really count out that many teams. I mean, New England's lost to them plenty of times at when they're at home at Miami. Um, I think they're winning this game though. I, I, as much as I love Tua coming out of the draft, I he has such limitations. And I just like with Tua and Tyree Kill, I don't even see why that's like that great of a match either. Because Tyreek Hill, he gets open deep. Tua sucks deep. <laughs> like yeah. he's he's not that great deep. So it doesn't make that pairing to me doesn't make that much sense. Mike Gesicki's always going to be a, a a good tight end. You know, he's a really good uh receiving tight end. Catches touchdowns in the red zone, he's going to be really good. But with our strength of our team, I think we'll, you know, I think Robert Quinn, I don't think he'll have quite the season as last year. I think he'll still have a, you know, 13 sack season, 14 sack season, maybe. We'll get enough pass rush. And I think we have plenty of DBs. I think we'll pick off Tua three times in this game. And I think we'll win this game. I don't think Mike McDaniel is going to be a bad head coach, but the coaching change has me just not quite sure with how the team is going to look. Um, Brian Flores was a good coach. He was a really good coach. Um, so I'm just not 100% sure. Like you said, it, it's too, uh, and I think that, you know, if they, if Miami isn't able to establish anything moderate to like somewhat deep in the game, 
I, I just I think that Eberflus and and with what he has at his disposal in this defense is just gonna be is gonna be able to key on key in on that you know too easily um, to not have the Bears win this game. So I do have the Bears winning as well. Um, moving up to four and five, I think if Flores was still the coach, I'd be a little more hesitant That'd be to, tough. to go yeah. ahead and, and you know pick that win, but. Uh, yeah, it's hard for me not to see, especially if the Bears can figure out Miami's offense earlier, um, this potentially not even getting ugly for Miami. I don't think the Bears would be able to, like, you know, hang 40 on them. But, you know, if the Bears can get to, like, 24 points, you know, Miami might even struggle to break, like, 17. So, yeah. um, if all everything kind of falls the right way. So, I'll uh, agree with you on that one and get them up to four and five. Okay, cool. Um, moving on, Lions Week Ten. Um, I think that this game is at Chicago, if I remember correct. Yeah, it's at Chicago. Um, listen, the Lions—they did a good job in the draft. I like Aiden Hutchinson. You know, I like James Jameson Williams. Um, I'm still mad at the Vikings for making that terrible trade to give the Lions Jameson Williams. It just made no sense on any planet to make that trade. Um, And I think the Lions are going to be an improved team. Jared Goff still sucks. I hate to tell you, I hate to tell you Lions fans, and I actually don't mind what the Lions are doing. The Lions are building a team. This coming draft, they're going to have plenty of... Court. I mean, I, I still don't think the, the Lions are planning to be good this season. You know, obviously they signed DJ Chark, but I think that ne- they're going to next year draft a quarterback, top of the draft. You know, they'll get a guy like CJ Stroud or Bryce Young. Um, and I think that's good team building, but I, I just still don't see them being competitive this year. Um, I think the Bears will be plenty good enough to maintain their wide receivers that they have. I think Jared Goff is still Jared Goff, and I think we win this game. I think uh, I think the Bears will split with the Lions this year. Um, <laughs> I hate the sound of that. But I, I look, I don't like Jared Goff either. I think the away team is going to win each one. Um, so I'll take the Lions in this one. Um, and not really for any particular reason as to why they'll be able to beat the Bears at home. Um, but I do think that it's just a matchup kind of deal. You know, I don't like where the Bears' weaknesses are and where the Lions' strengths are. Um, I think defensively, they should be able to rather rope in. Um, well, who do they have at DB is my question. They still have nobody. No one crazy, but who do the Bears have at wide receiver? Jeff Okuda, is he all of a sudden going to be good? No, I don't think Okuda is going to surprise us, but... I think that they'll be able to put up a decent enough game plan, at least one of the games, and and steal one from the Bears. And there's always some kind of weird fluke play every now and then in Lions games. Um, And I don't know. I I just... God. I don't... For whatever reason, it's not even just because of Aiden Hutchinson. I just don't see the Bears... I'm going to throw up. I'm going to throw up. I don't see the (laughs) Bears keeping the pocket clean, you know, in this one. So I'll go I understand that. I'll drop them down to four and six and, you know... We'll, we'll anticipate the next Lions game to be a win. <laughs> Maybe if we had Matt Nagy as head coach, we honestly, that's the weird thing in this matchup. Nagy just owned the Lions. Nagy yeah, completely no owned fear. the Lions. If, if we had Nagy, I would still probably predict. I, I think you'd probably predict a win here because for, for some reason, Nagy just owned the Lions. Um, I, I, I just, I don't think, I mean, who, who's their, they, they, uh, didn't they, who's their new offense coordinator? Didn't they promote, uh, the dude that came from the Eagles that was the running back coach? Cause they got rid of, uh, 
you know, uh, Anthony Lynn, who was yes. our OC last year. I think I think they just promoted ben, the Ben Johnson. I could he was originally an offensive quality control coach in 2019 before serving as the tight ends coach in 2020. Oh. Yeah, that's right. Because they, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's right. That makes sense. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I, I just I don't think the Lions are. That's fine. I think the Lions will have a top draft pick. Um, it's got to happen yeah. every now and then, though. God, I, I really think. hope. I, I hope. I yeah. I mean, we've we've swept them for. Oh, actually, no, we didn't sweep sweep them in 2020. We we've swept them last year, and we swept them um, the rest of the years in the Nagy era, but not 2020. They had one win on us because. Mitch like fumbled the ball into our end zone at the end of the game. Um, yeah, bad game. What a game. Okay. I really, really hope we're on the same page on this game. Um, I've been seeing a lot of NFL analysts with this next game that are, are putting out to me takes that are are, are, are cringe. Oh, it must be the um, Jets game, huh? No. Oh, it's, it's Atlanta. At Atlanta. Um, <sighs> man. I, I just, I think that... I I the I think the Bears are are just uh, head and shoulders a better team than Atlanta. You can't tell me a team that has Marcus Mariota as the starting starting quarterback right now, or even I mean I Desmond Ritter. I mean either one, they're going to be trash. They're gonna, this team this Atlanta team is going to be trash next year. Marcus Who do they Mariota's have? A, I mean, trash. they they have. Uh, he's not. Bro, he's a he's not a top thirty two quarterback. I mean, maybe not, but he's not trash. I mean, he's not like okay, fine, laughing. fine, okay, fair enough. He's not a Nathan he's Peterman, not Peterman, but exactly. That was my good. He's not. He's not Peterman, but he's pretty bad. He's not that great. And even if yeah. Desmond Ritter is okay. starting, which Desmond Ritter might be starting here, he might be. But like, okay, you have Kyle Pitts. I mean, that's a good matchup. Kyle, and that's, Drake London, okay, not, pretty good, but I think we'll hold him in check. Not overly scared of London. Um, Pitts is the tough one, though. Pitts is going to be a tough matchup for this Bears defense just because he's a tough matchup for, like, every defense with the skill set that he has at tight end. Um, the Bears will win this game. You know, I'll, I'll ease your, your okay. tension God. here. Um, I thought I was going crazy in my head. I was like, Shh. So, I mean, they'll, they'll, go, they'll improve to five and six in my book. Um, and I think they can win this game. Right, The quarterback play is not going to be stellar for Atlanta no matter which way you slice it. Um, and who and do they have on defense? Their defense is I mean, terrible. Exactly. The Bears should be able to have their way, I think, um, in this game. But, yeah, I mean, look out for Pitts, man. I, I really I, I do like what I've seen. Really kind of like, I don't know if it's even talked about enough, but, like, I forgot which milestone. I, I believe it was receiving yards that, like, only he him like and Dicka. like 1,000 yards. Yeah, only yeah. him and Dicka had accomplished that in his rookie year, which I don't really know if that can quite be stressed enough. Only one touchdown, though. He only had one touchdown. Yeah, all well, season. that's just how terrible they were, and I mean that did the lead Cole Komet treatment. That, that did lead to like his, uh, yeah, um, that did lead to probably some of his production is just kind of how laughable they were last year. But um, yeah, we can move on. They they have some weapons, and I think Arthur Smith is a better coach than he's gotten credit for. Like when they signed when they signed him as their head coach, I was like super like down on him. But he actually had a decent season. I mean, the way he took advantage of someone like a Cordell Patterson, uh, really turning him into a, a, a pretty decent threat for them there. Um, you know, that was awesome. That was great. Is he still there or no? Did he Arthur Smith? No, Cordell Patterson. 
Oh, Cordell Patterson. I believe he is still there. I, yeah. I think he re-signed with them. Yeah, yeah. he he re-signed with them. So that that's good. Um, that being said, I just I think they're in a different stage. I think this is a full teardown for them. They traded away Matt Ryan. Just seeing where that team was at, even with Matt Ryan, I just I think that we could have beat them last year, and now they're taking a massive step down at quarterback. Uh, maybe it's Desmond Ritter. I just I can't imagine them even being competitive in this game. If I'm being completely honest, but my next my next one might actually shock you because we're going to we're going to the Jets, right? We're going to New York against the New York Jets. Um, interesting storyline here because with the whole. Um, Justin Field, Zach Wilson. Obviously, the Jets have done a better job. Or it's also the stage of the team they're at right now. But for this next season, uh, the Jets did a better job of surrounding Zach Wilson with talent. Really, the question here is just how good is Zach Wilson? Because I was not impressed his rookie year. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't either. I wasn't blown away. And I wasn't super huge on him coming out of the draft. I think this is a tough one. Um I do think the Jets had a, a fairly strong offseason. I mean, they're not the the best run. Their draft was great. Yeah, Their draft they, was wonderful. Yeah, the draft was phenomenal. Um, and uh, what they have, Salas or Salas or head coach. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's interesting. I think that they do have, they are starting to build some of the right parts in place. Uh, it's a game that I really feel like the Bears should win. I, I don't think the Jets are going to take as big of a leap forward. For whatever reason, though, I feel like they're going to lay an egg in this one. You know, I, I just do. Yeah. Um, so I actually will have them taking the loss um, and going down to five. Oh, really? Seven. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I took I took a loss, too, uh, against the Jets, even though I hate it because I think that this like this Bears team, we have more like us like for sure talent than this Jets team. They should win the um, game, honestly. I just don't have a good feeling about it. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not huge on this Jets offense. Like I think we would have beat them last year. I, I like Justin Fields way more than even like pre-draft now, whatever, whenever you want to call it. I liked him better than than Zach Wilson. Um Zach Wilson also throws a lot of picks. He was throwing a ton of picks last year. So I could easily see this this secondary just feasting off of off of that, they play a Shanahan offense. One of the underrated storylines on this Bears team. I think this Bears team, this defense is built to beat Shanahan offenses because our cornerbacks and our safeties, besides Eddie Jackson, everyone in our backfield can tackle. And that is like the key in determining how good a defense will be against the Shanahan offense because against Shanahan offenses, you're going to have to freaking tackle from the DB position, period. And that's why Kyle Shanahan, his offense has done so well is because a lot of the time it takes advantage of teams that are trying to adjust their offense to a read style team or a more old school team or whatever it may be because most DBs cannot tackle. Kyler Gordon can tackle. Jalen Johnson can tackle. And uh, uh, Jaquan Brisker can tackle as well. So I think... Yeah, we won't talk about Eddie Jackson. This is an Eddie Jackson free pod until he, which I actually think he might have his best year since 2018 this year because I think he has the pieces around him. That was an underrated storyline for Eddie Jackson is just when you play DB, anyone that's played DB, you know that you are completely dependent around the pieces around you. No matter what corner, if you're a corner, if you're a safety, if you're a slot, if you're a slot corner, all that has to do with the people around you too. Kind of like offensive line to an extent. Um, so I think 
Jackson could we could see a little bit of a resurgence here, um, but I'm still give, giving us a loss here. Yep, that's that's where I'm at. All right, so the Packers coming to Chicago, Week 13. I would love to give us a win here, but I, I think we're losing again. I think we're yeah. uh, getting swapped by the Packers again. Yeah, unfortunately. I think that 2023, we might see that narratives uh, start to flip a little bit. Um, but I think at this point, too, once again, just not quite. It's not the last game of the year for them where, like, maybe they're resting people. This is still in the thick of the playoff push. Yeah, I don't see them blowing it. So I have the Bears going on to 5-8. and eight. Yeah, we won't talk about it anymore. All right, so well, let's take a minute and let's uh, let's look at our our record right now. So you're at five and eight right now. I'm at six and eight right now. Um, six and seven. Yeah, six and seven. Excuse me. Um, sorry, I, I can't do math. I'm a podcaster. I'm not a math mathematician Fair here. Um, all right, so week fifteen, we're going up against the Eagles at home. The lucky thing about the schedule to me is a lot of the toss-up games, the Bears are getting them at home, which I like a lot. So, like, you know, uh, again, like the... There's been the, like four already. <laughs> yeah, there's been like four. So, like, the Eagles here, listen, they added A.J. Brown, real threat. You know, they have... Um, oh God, who's the Alabama wide receiver they just drafted? That was pretty good. Um, the, um, the Heisman guy. Yeah. Uh, Devin Smith. Skinny dude. Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith. Yeah, Devontae Smith. Um, They have some good wide receivers or tight ends. They got rid of Ertz, so they're not that great there. But they're not bad. Um, They have, like, uh, Miles Sanders at at running back, who's been kind of a disappointment after his rookie year. And and they also have Hertz. Sometimes he's been great. Yeah, he's he's a weird running back. They also have Hertz, who... I'm not super high on. No. I don't know about you, but I'm not a big Hurts guy. I think they'll be drafting a quarterback fairly shortly. He reminds me a lot of Trubisky, if I'm being honest. Just like, obviously, he's more athletic than Trubisky and can run better. But as far as a thrower goes, you see the limitations. Um, I think the Bears win this game. Yeah. Um. This, this is, is a, a tough real, one, though. It's, it's a real tough one. I, I think I do have them taking the loss here and going down to uh, five and nine, which I don't think is fully representative. I think how well they'll be at this point. Um, I think the mobility might hurt the Bears a little bit. Of course, they're going to be a defense that's playing a lot of zones, so they shouldn't get beat too bad on it. Not like a man-to-man team that's got their backs to the quarterback. Um, just a little bit of like that talent edge and um, – you know, I think the Eagles have been like, they can drop the game or two for sure, and they're not a spectacular team. Uh, I do think, I do expect them to be fairly good this coming year. Um, I think they'll still be in a, a contending position at this point in the season. Um, so I do have them not, you know, kind of laying it down and, and picking up the win. Um, but I, I do see a lot of scenarios where the Bears could, of course, come out with the win in this one because, uh, like you said, not scared by the quarterback play. Wide receiver play is okay. Defense, I mean, they still always have a, a pretty viable defense, which if it was a bit mm-hmm. weaker, I'd, I'd be much more inclined to give the Bears a win. Um, well, they signed James Bradbury too, which was a great pickup for them. I mean, he could 
be a like he's like a, a he could potentially be a cornerback one for a lot of teams. They still have Darius Slay on their team, and they just added Jordan Davis as well. My question really with the Eagles, they do have a lot of pieces that are aging out with that offensive line too. I mean, it, it, they're kind of at like in a transition period a here. Ago, but even with yeah. like less potential. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I think they're in a similar bracket to me as the Commanders. Like they're they're in a similar like level. So I think both those are toss up games. Um, but I'm gonna give us the win here because I. I think that Ibraflus will be able to scheme a good enough defense against someone like Jalen Hurts um, that I think will, will, will give us the edge. Um, but moving on, week 16, the Bills. I'm giving us a win. I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, Best we're going to lose this game. Yeah, yeah. Bears blow out the Bills. <laughs> no, I, I think that the Bills are obviously just in a different bracket right now, different stage of their team. Only reason why I could potentially see us winning this game is if you know uh brian dable was just like the core of that offense which i just don't necessarily think that was the case um so yeah i mean this this is going to be a good bills team they also added kyer alam who you know i was a pretty big fan of and that's going to be a really good second cornerback for them it's 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 hard to go von miller too it's yeah, it's hard to go out, come out here and pick a win on this game. I mean, with all like just being you'd be logical. justifying a lot. Yeah, it, it'd be hard to justify. So they, I think they probably will lose this game. I mean, like you said, it's just a team on two different kind of paths right now. Um, so yeah, not going to be the easiest matchup. All right, week 17 versus the Lions. I'm giving us a win here. Again, I have a sweeping the Lions. I just, again, I, I don't think the Lions are, are planning to be all that competitive this year, even though they had a good draft. Um, yep. Period. Yeah, That's I think this is a win. Um, and I think the Bears make it fairly convincing to um, kind of making up for losing to them earlier in the season. Um, and I think at this point in the year, I think the Bears will really be um, at least on the field. I don't know. I can't really speak to record-wise, but I think the Bears will kind of be surpassing the Lions at this point anyway, so I think it's a well-justified win anyway. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I do like the Bears by a good margin in this game. Yep, and then Week 18, Vikings at home in Chicago. I have a set of win. Chalking I have up. a splitting yep. splitting with the Vikings. Um, and that brings my final win projection to nine and eight. Yep. So I'll have the Bears finish at seven and ten. Wrapping this up with a win. I don't think there's any um any better way. Seven to and ten. We have we have two different oh, I thought I thought we were I thought you were like like eight and eleven or something like that. Not even possible, but Oh, good point. <laughs> Yikes. It's getting a little, I mean, it's not even the new 19 game season here just... in central time. Not so much for Austin. So I'm not sure what his <laughs> excuse is. Um, but I do, I don't think there's any, there's no other like finish to a Bears season other than just like that week 17 win against the Vikings. Like we always seem to be playing the Vikings week 17 and uh, we end up taking this no matter what position the Vikings are in. The Vikings can be, this is a win and in game and they'll still find a way to lose to the Bears here. Um, Good so. point. I do like the Bears. I think that, you know, I'm a little more down on them. I have the Bears picking up a couple, like, extra losses. Like, the Jets game could very much be a win. The Eagles game could very much be a win. Um, 
San Francisco for me could be a win. This team could get into the 10 win conversation, which sounds insane, but could happen. It could happen. And like this season can play out a bunch of different ways. And I do expect them to take steps up. Um, I'm just trying to temper my expectations um, just because I think logically when I sit down, I'm like, are they really better than I think eight and nine is very possible. I think nine and eight is also very possible. I think anything from seven to nine wins is very acceptable for this Bears team. Mm -hmm. I think we're starting to stretch it a bit when we get to 10. And I think if they could be six win team, though, if they also could be anything below five, though, I, I think that's also a little too down on the bears. So I really, like you said, six win. I really do think that seven through nine win is really the sweet spot for this team. Um, which is an easy thing to say. Cause that's a very middle of the road kind of thing to say. Um, all that's saying is that we're like slightly better than last year and our, our schedule is way easier than last year. So like, even, even if we have seven wins, this team could be worse than last year. Even if we have eight wins, cause our schedule is just that much, you know, easier. Yeah, but I think we summed it up well earlier in the podcast. I don't think the record is really the ultimate measuring stick this year, um, despite you know how much Bill Parcells might argue with you. Um, but that's uh, I think that's really my outlook on the year. I, I think that really kind of no matter what the record looks like, I think there's going to be positive to take away from it. Um, and I think that the ultimate hope would be that you know no matter how many wins that. Justin Fields is really starting to take yep. comfort in the offense, and only you know, thing that matters we'll, is we'll Justin move, Fields. I think we'll move from there. So, I would take a, I would literally take a three-win season as long as Justin Fields has like a great season. I, I, I don't care about the win-loss here. I care that Justin Fields. If I don't want us to be starting at square one again next year. That's going to be a really tough pill to swallow. If the Bears are going into next year, we have to draft another quarterback or we're like trying to hold on to Justin Fields, even though Justin Fields is like showing that he's not the guy or whatever. I don't think that will be the case because I'm super high on Justin Fields. I mean, I think Justin Fields is a better was a better prospect than CJ Stroud is this coming season. Like when he got when he where he's at right now, I think Justin Fields was a better prospect than he is. I just, I, I really, that's all that matters. That's literally all that matters. So I, as long as we're, as long as Justin Fields is looking good, even though it might be tough to swallow losses against the Lions or whatever it is, all I care about is Justin Fields. And that's the perspective that the Bears should have. And we just want to see roster growth. We want to see this young talent get better. And if that happens, we'll have $100 million in cap space. Then we can give Justin Fields plenty of weapons in year three. Yep. Yep, I think that's 100% the way to look at it. And, uh, you know, it's going to be tough, but it's the it's just the reality of the situation. Yeah. All right, man. Well, this was one of our longer podcasts, but since we let you, left you guys hanging for a couple weeks, um, uh, we hope you enjoyed it. Please leave us a rating and review in the bottom of Apple Podcasts. Um, I know we love reading our ratings and review. We got another five-star review. Um that individual did not leave a written review or at least it's not showing yet. Um, so once, if that starts to show or you can go back and leave us that little typed up written review, let us know what you like about the show. Um, those are just, they, they really help us uh, as far as promoting our podcast, getting us to more listeners, which in turn just allows us to make the quality better, you know, 
improve on it. I know we want to implement video shortly and uh, we want to do a lot more things like the Darnell Mooney video, somewhere like that. So uh, we just want to thank you guys. And if you could leave us a rating review, we'd really appreciate it. But Reese, any other comments? No, that's it. Uh, you know, thank you for the, the continued support and we're going to keep on rolling through this and, you know, sticking to it this off season. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be exciting throughout um, no matter what. So I'm really hyped to mm-hmm. get into this season, see what the new regime can put into place and, you know, we'll roll from there. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much. And as always, bear down. Bear down.